Graphic design? Can you make a living at that? Three, two, one, fun, 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 Welcome to Design Futures, a show about what happens after design school. I'm Chris St. Cyr, and my guest on this episode is Alex Gannett. It's good to see you. Hey, Chris. Good to see you, too. Let's hear about Alex. Alex is a product designer at Netflix, where he works on bringing games to all Netflix members, myself included. Previously, he worked on the design of the UI for the PlayStation 5 console. He's also worked on digital product experiences for Apple, Google, IGN, and Target. And he is a 2012 graduate of the Ringling College of Art and Design. 2012, that is, wow, you're over a decade now. Yeah, getting pretty <laughs> old now. <laughs> you, you've, wait a minute, I'm, I'm the old one. You've been doing a lot since, since those days. I mean, it's 10 years or more, so that's, that's a lot of time you've had. Yeah. A lot of experience. Most of it's in uh, the whole tech space. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got started right out of school working in digital agency stuff and just kind of slowly worked into the tech space. So did the agencies that you were working for, did they just, they specialized in tech and that, how, is that how you made the transition or how, how did that happen? Yeah. The um, first agency I worked for, they specialized in digital commerce. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't like tech explicitly, but they did a lot of work for like retail brands and their e-commerce experiences. Um, so that's where I like did work for Target and then also did work for some of the other uh, tech companies out here, like Google. We were just talking about like getting you, getting you on the podcast has been a <laughs> yeah. journey. Like we're going to talk about your journey, but this yeah. has been a journey because I saw, I think I saw, because at the time I contacted you, you were working at PlayStation. It was probably before the PlayStation 5. I think it was like right after the launch of it. Okay. Like it was right in that time, time frame, yeah. And since yeah. then, then you moved to Netflix, <laughs> but with games, which yep. I have to say, like I saw that on your LinkedIn. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? Netflix has games? <laughs> so so I had to like, <laughs> yeah. where, are, where are these games? Are they on my phone? Are they on my mm -hmm. TV? You know, and so, okay. So explain what is Netflix games all about because it's fairly new right i mean maybe for you it's yeah old, but it's pretty new for a lot of people i think yeah and it's still honestly like pretty new for me still um when i joined the team um it was early 2022 uh, and they had only launched publicly uh, on mobile that's where all the games are uh, they're okay. mobile games but they had uh, just launched a pilot two games uh in like november of 2021 so it was all still really new even when i joined the team i Talked to a couple people here at Netflix. They were really passionate about games and product design and a bunch of smart people were here and just a lot of cool opportunities upcoming in the game space for Netflix that is really exciting. Um, and I've gotten to build out some of the features for, for our mobile games now, which is really awesome. I love doing anything that kind of is like starting any new projects or platforms. Um, it's really exciting work to do, a lot of interesting problems to solve. So are you designing some of the UI within the game and not like, I don't know, the marketplace or the platform the game sit on? Like where, where do you, where are you working in that space? 
Yeah, it's actually kind of spanning those two realms. So part of it is actually um, some UI we give to games. It's similar to what you could think of what Apple does with their Game Center or Google Play Store services, where um, they have a bunch of platform level UI they give to games and then games can utilize them to like have a consistent profile or avatar that they can use from game to game or offer leaderboards or other different services to games at a more like platform level and uh, each individual game can tap into those. That's like one half of it. And then the other half is definitely the storefront experience that I collaborate with some of our other designers on the team to surface Netflix games within our apps. And it's only on mobile right now? Is that? Yep. Okay. Yep. Android and iOS. Yeah, I was I was looking on it. I've looked on it a few times. I haven't played any. I'm not a big gamer. I'm a child of the 80s, so I like my 8-bit games like, you know, yeah. Pac-Man and Space Invaders. One of the things I was looking at though when I when I was looking at uh the different games is how some of them are content related to Netflix shows or movies. Like so Yeah. Can, do, are you involved in in some part of that or do you you must understand some of it? Like how do you like say there's like there's a Stranger Things game, you know, mm-hmm. and I imagine you have to like at least know what Stranger Things is or watch a few episodes. Yeah. Like what is your involvement with like the other content on the Netflix uh, platform? That's definitely one of the spaces that as we grow out the offering that we want to explore more because um, there's so much kind of cross content there that we could do. It's kind of the thing that pretty much any of the big publishers now want to dip into, even like at PlayStation while I was there also um, dipping into this kind of like transmedia. Like if you create a really valuable IP, no matter where it comes from, um, you can kind of extend it to all of these mediums. And if you're making all of these different kinds of things, it's a natural progression to take something that worked really well uh, in one of those media types um, and see if it transitions to some of the other ones Um, because fans can really engage, especially with games, a lot longer than some of our other traditional linear content, but also some of that linear content makes a big splash. Um, so taking like a really cool game IP, um, I think uh, PlayStation doing that with the last best show on HBO is like a big example of it going kind of the other way too, where right. you take a game and then can make it into this popular franchise that appeals to people that aren't interested in the original property. It's just a really good story. There's a couple of questions in there. I was gonna, okay, so first off, Use some lingo. What what does IP oh. mean? Oh, intellectual that, property. Okay, intellectual property, not yeah. like an IP address for a computer. <laughs> and then the other thing, I'm just like so uh, gonna nerd out here for a minute. Yeah. But like like you're talking about linear content. There's linear content, like a movie, right? You press play and you yeah. just move forward. What would not be linear content in your area? Things like interactive content is okay. like usually the the counterpoint that I use to that, um, which normally uh, I'd be talking about games in in my world. Uh, yeah. But at Netflix, we've also, also done some uh, really cool like branching narrative uh, experiences. Oh, One of the yeah. biggest ones was Bandersnatch, which yep. uh, was really cool. And I would consider that it's still like kind of linear content, but the way in which you experience it can be very different than just sitting back and, and watching something linearly through the entire story. Yeah, I was totally engaged with that. I watched all the variations of it. I was yeah. like, I, yeah, I was like, oh, about time somebody's doing this, you know? Yeah. And I wish there were more of it, you know, like yeah. on on those kind of streaming platforms. I don't think we studied any game theory at Ringling, but did you like go go read no. some books on game theory when you got started working with PlayStation? I think I just played a lot of games. I read some <laughs> things. 
But uh, I, I think the stuff that probably helped me in terms of like understanding interactive experiences, we did do some, I remember things in like Flash. You can get to a point in certain like websites back in the day. Now it's a little bit more standardized in terms of like interaction models. But I remember like in high school and the first couple of years of college, interactive graphic design was in a space where it was kind of a little bit more experimental in storytelling right. with like what you could do, which is really interesting. And that I think had some some influence on me, especially early on. So you, are you working on the whole networked uh, player experience? Like how, how you so, connect with your friends and, and other players? So what I'm doing at Netflix is really laying like the, the baseline foundation stuff. So the, the thing that we, we just launched recently is that um, you get like a, a game handle that you can persist from game to game. Um, okay. That's pretty standard across a lot of other services, but at Netflix, we're like building everything from the ground up, uh, yeah. which is really exciting to be here and like be building out these foundational features that we'll get to give to game developers. Um, so now that means you can play like a multiplayer game um, like our rival Pirates game, you'll have your your uh, Netflix game handle. Mine is just Alex, which is great. <laughs> I was like the one thing designing the system. I'm like, all right, I can pick whatever name I want because going to be the first one to use it. Yeah. Wow. That's that does say something. When you see a, when you see somebody's just their name, like not a string of numbers yeah. after it. It's like no. that person's special. Oh, they got. Yeah. Yeah. They have connections. So can you yeah. talk about like what, what's your kind of day like? Yeah, my day to day. So even though I work as like games is like the and content that I work with, my day-to-day -day role is very aligned with what other product designers in tech spaces would be working on. Um, but my day-to-day, -day, I'm still in IC. I manage people at different levels slightly, but I'm primarily focused on design still. That means a little bit of time in Figma every day. Um, that's my like design tool choice right now. And now I actually do a lot more um, strategic work because Netflix is uh, a fairly like senior leaning company with not a lot of employees overall for our for how many members we have um, mm -hmm. it's actually like pretty small rel relative teams so that means that uh, as a designer i get to be doing a lot more of the strategic direction work not just the actual visual design but a lot of the product strategy uh, working with our researchers really closely and then one of the roles that like I knew that I would work with engineering generally, like I knew that there were engineers when I was in college, but now they are like some of my closest collaboration partners and like having a good rapport with your engineering team is like invaluable. It helps so much. Um, Why does it help so much? It, it helps because um, like they are the, the people who are executing a lot of your designs. And if you're going out and doing wild things, like <laughs> they have to put a lot of trust in you to like both ways, actually, like trust that I'm making like a correct decision and not wasting their time with a crazy design concept. And right. also trusting that they um, will, will take what I'm, I'm delivering and will collaborate and make something that's really cool and interactive in the end. You talked about Netflix is new to this. I imagine, you know, like any business, right? You're learning from what other people did before, mm. but then you're also trying to experiment. So do you, have yeah. you had those moments where you're like, well, let's try doing it this way. And then the engineer comes back. It's like, that is going to take way too long. We don't have the budget for that. Like, is, has that happened yet? Or are you pretty play, like kind of safe and like, you know, it's everything's manageable. There have been uh, a couple of times where like we've, investigated ideas 
I still do quite a bit of competitive analysis and research uh, as a part of my project teams, like overall. And, and we've looked at ideas and considered ideas that we've seen in the field and then like trying to actually dig through how it's actually done. It's like, oh, that's so much work. It's like not even close to what, uh, what we want to commit to for this <laughs> tiny thing. But then other times, because Netflix does have such amazing engineers and talent and they've been working in the um, traditional streaming space for so long. Like they also just are able to bring in some novel concepts to the game space too. That's really cool. What are some things, what are some takeaways you have for like designing in tech? Like what are the things that you've learned? There's definitely a lot of focus on usability, accessibility, and just general user experience design that I would say is definitely probably heavier than some of the other general design fields because people are like using the thing you're designing your product to try to complete a task or a job. Um, so you have to be very thoughtful of how people think they will use your system and be able to be really humble and rely on research to know like your ideas might not, people might not get what you're going for. And sometimes you have to pivot or change based on research. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things, like it's not just about making it look great. It has to be really usable and that's the successful product in the end. So one thing yeah. I'm going to ask about like the business side of things. You must have a manager then. So what's the hierarchy yep. like at Netflix? It's actually really uh, cool. It's a very like flat organization. Um, yep. And for the most part, we have interns. But outside of that, pretty much everyone um, in the design org is the same level. And we have essentially just three roles, really. It's the um, senior, I think it's senior product designer. And essentially anyone who's an IC really is that title. So it's like really flat in that term. And then we have our managers and then our directors who are like the super manager essentially and oversee like bigger parts of the, the design organization and business. And you've been at Netflix how long now? Um, a year and a half, I think. A year and yeah. a half. And you're at yep. PlayStation right before that. Is that right? Yep. For how long yeah. there? Uh, I think I was there three years, just over. And so what's yeah. a, what's a range of salary that you experience as a product designer? In like tech, it's, um, I think both a combination of like, I, I have experience in tech and specifically in San Francisco. So the, the pay scale here is, it's kind of wild, but it's also very expensive to live here. Oh yeah. Um, San Francisco for sure. <laughs> yeah. A normal tech compensation consists of three things. Um, it's like your base salary. And then you get a bonus, which is a certain percentage that's given to you once a year. And then there will be kind of stock grants um, mm -hmm. that will be given to you throughout the year. Um, I've had those different combinations of that uh, at different organizations. And then Netflix is all just compensation. So okay. in the end, like all of the companies that like total package ends up being roughly the same, but the way in which uh, tech companies pay out is usually some combination of those three. I see. Um, so for like a new designer, or I guess like a normal product designer, um, it's normally expected for that total compensation to be like between 100,000 and like 200,000. It's pretty high. And then for senior product design, it actually goes up quite a bit. And it's yeah. usually for that total pay package, like somewhere over 250. And that's, and that's definitely in the San Francisco, the Bay Area, yeah. Silicon Valley yeah. kind of range. Yep. Yeah. San Francisco is awesome, though. I, I love San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. It's 
Yeah, so I came out here for my first internship after college and I'd never been to San Francisco before. I was like, wanna try it out. I was like thinking about Matter New York and we had been to New York for I think AI, an AIGA like studio visit. So I was like, yeah. okay, I know what New York looks like and I can see what it would be like to live there. It seems really fun, but I've never been to San Francisco. So let me try this internship. If I don't like it, I know I like New York. And now it's 10 years later and I'm still yeah. here. So you did the internship after you graduated? Yep. It was with a digital agency called Fluid. I did um, some interviewing during my senior year and got an offer from them right before I graduated. And I think I, I think it was like a week between graduating from Ringling and then starting my job out wow. here. Wow. That's like a yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah, that's a quick move. <laughs> Pack up the car and yeah. Uh, yeah. So you had to find an apartment and roommate or yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was pretty quick. So another uh Ringling grad, Joey Faccio, also moved oh. out here at the same time and we ended up rooming together for like eight years. Uh, oh wow. It was, was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Ringling, we met I can't remember. Were you actually in one of my classes? I don't think so. I think we we just connected during the time there and through yeah. all the different like programs that we had. Right. I actually started Ringling as an illustration major my uh, freshman oh, year. Yeah, so I, I transitioned to graphic design, the GIC program, uh, started at sophomore year. Okay. Why did you decide yeah. to change? I knew I wanted to do something in in the art world as a career, but like doing illustration, it was more of like a passion of mine as opposed to like mm -hmm. a career that I wanted to do like for money and that's actually why like now I'm, I'm really happy with my, my balance of what I do for my job I enjoy doing it as as a job and still have a, a lot of side passion projects and staying creative in, in certain ways but the the like way in which I use my creative brain at my job feels it's the best balance for me that I really enjoy and I think that's also why I transitioned to graphic design I was like I think this is more of like the thing that I I would use day to day but I still really love illustration. When you're a student there in graphic design program, did you have a sense of, probably even back then we didn't use the term digital product designer, but did you have a sense yeah. of like, I kind of want to go more of the digital or is that just something you discovered later on after school? I think I kind of realized it during school, especially during um, like junior and senior year, there are a couple interactive projects that I did that I really enjoyed working on. And my first actual internship was in um, user experience design. So kind of like I've worked closely with visual designers, but it was much more of a different kind of skill set than the traditional print or other based graphic design stuff. Are there things that you do say maybe on a regular basis now that that maybe you could have learned in school like are there are there things that you think like why didn't they teach us that yeah i think there are some like problem solving methods that especially like ideo now has a pretty good framework for how to like approach problems and run uh different sessions that i think would have been helpful to have if we were doing courses on things like more product focused or product design focused uh, stuff that would be really helpful. Things like the, the jobs to be done framework or object oriented design. Some of these like ways of thinking about how you apply design to the real world would be like really helpful, but that's kind of, I think it is specific to a like type of design. 
Um, so I'm still really thankful for a lot of my foundational skills that I learned in design school. Like having that bedrock of skill set has really helped me be able to focus on the new things that I'm learning are like pretty specialized to what I do now. I'll also say that like learning specialized things in school, sometimes it was like fun, but there is one time where we had a course and it was about making like interactive flash uh, experiences, which was super cool. But at the same month that that course ended was the month that Steve Jobs was like, <laughs> okay, we're killing all support for action script and flash. And like, as we were finishing up this massive interactive project in flash, and I just spent like two months learning action script, like, Let's take a look at your portfolio. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was curious about yeah. what is the IGN live graphics editor? I mean, it sounds kind of sounds like something I might have done during my graduate thesis project. So what is this? Yeah. Oh man, this would have been an awesome graduate thesis project. This was a project I did while I was at IGN, which was really like my first job relative to the gaming industry, which is super fun. Essentially, IGN, they used to host a live show for E3, and um, a couple months before the live show in 2015, I worked with our director of design, and we were talking about how difficult it is to actually create graphics for the live show. Essentially, one of the ways that they would do it back then was they would have a designer actively working in Photoshop while they were there on site. And then they would throw up PNGs during the live stream of all of the content that's coming up. Or if like someone wanted to um, showcase a tweet that had just happened live, they need to like make that graphic in a graphics program live and then send it over to this um, live stream feed. And like normal sports or any like live news cable programs, they have a really complex, uh, I think the biggest one's called a Chiron system. Um, and it's a super expensive uh, video setup that they'll use to build out these graphics packages. And essentially what I did for IGN was my director of design did a really quick proof of concept that you can essentially have a editor view in a web page, and you can put that over top of a green screen graphic, and then you can put that into a live stream. And someone could, in theory, as you can see in these mocks, they can modify what is on that graphics package uh, in real time in CSS by just inputting whatever information they want. All of this text was live editable um, and it was all animated too. But this allowed for a full animated package of live graphics that I worked with the um, video producers on and we actually built out like a system for importing the entire show rundown. So they have all the graphics ready to go before a show. And then there'll be someone now just like a producer um, scanning Twitter. And if they find a tweet that they want to showcase, they can just copy the text right into here and have the live graphics just represent that live in the show without having to do any kind of Photoshopping or editing. It's all kind of like an actual interface that uh, any of the producers team can work with. It was, it was really cool. We ended up using this for actually a couple different I think it's almost like any live show that IGN used after this um, is using this system. I think they might still be using it today or some offshoot of it. I got to also work on this with another grad from Ringling, uh, Justin Bichon. Uh, he helped me out with some of the visual design system okay. as well. Okay. Collaborated. On yeah, this, so. he, he's he's on my list. In case he listens yeah. to this episode, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, he's going to get a call someday. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, this, the, I could totally nerd out about something like this. Like, just the the flexibility and the automation and like the system of it all, like designing for that yeah. just sounds 
so cool. I know for like some people look at it, it's like, that sounds so boring and technical, but I don't know. There's something about this. It does, it does remind me of something I did work on a very long time ago in grad school, really yeah. kind of tweaked your brain of like how to think about design in a very different way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kind of system design for motion graphics package. Like I had done very little motion graphics work before this and it's the end deliverable was almost entirely like, how do you make nice motion graphics that can work with any combination of inputted text? Uh, and it was definitely, yeah, broke my brain a couple of times. <laughs> I had to work with some engineers to understand what it was exactly happening with all of this, but yeah, definitely one of the, the most fun projects. And then I got to be at E3 because of this, uh, which was really cool. And what is E3? So E3, it's no longer happening, um, but it is, it was the big like video game showcase that would happen every year down okay. in LA. I'm going to ask you about this. Yeah. One. So what was the, this is older, but. Yeah. So Tiny Atlas Quarterly is um, a really awesome photo magazine and they've done a couple, quite a few print issues. Um, that's really where it started. And then also they wanted a really awesome website. And I got connected previously in some of these previous issues. Um, I helped just kind of uh, translate all of the design work into a usable interactive website. I ended up redesigning their overall website um, so that it was a little bit more reusable and we could copy out some of the article templates that they had. And essentially these are all like photo essays. Uh -huh. um, I didn't do some of these older ones, but I helped a lot with the web design and some of the new stuff. It's just really awesome to get to work with a um, publication and work on photo essays. Uh, like every, all of this content is just gorgeous. Really, my my contribution to this is more in the like web design space, uh, mm -hmm. and I got to collaborate with a couple of different um, photographers. Uh, Emily Nathan is the kind of creator of this. Have you have you traveled? Have you been around? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've traveled quite a bit. Um, I was just on my honeymoon over in France. Oh, congrats! Back. Thank you. We're in France. Uh, we went to Provence and like the south of France and then also Paris. Um, really, really great. Got to tour around, go to some wineries, lounge at the beach. Nice. It's gorgeous over there. Yeah. Okay. So let's go way back. I, okay. I think I remember. So you're from Vermont originally. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, yep. so New England. So we have that in common. Way back there is... Uh, little Alex in Vermont. How did you like get into art and design? What kind of, did you have people supporting that kind of creativity? Is it, you know, before you yeah. went off to Ringling, which is like, there's, that's mm -hmm. all there is. It's an art and design <laughs> school. So like, you're yeah. not creative, you're in the wrong spot. So before you got there, what was, what was creative life like? Yeah. So I think creativity was always kind of supported in my family. My Grandfather was a sign painter throughout his life. Um, so a lot of people in, in, in that side of my family have uh, careers in the arts or related to art, which is really awesome. So I've been drawing from a, a young age and like really enjoyed, I think like illustration was my first love and kind of why I went to school for it originally. But I had a cousin who actually went and did a digital art course uh, in high school. And he is an awesome artist and was a really a big inspiration for me growing up. I just wanted to do anything he did. So I actually also did the same uh, digital art course in high school. And I think that really broadened my horizons for like what you could do related to arts and in an arts career, which is really awesome. And yeah, 
during high school is when I found wrangling and just had to knew knew I wanted to do something in art. And when I found that, I was like, okay, I want to I want to go here. I did the pre college program. Okay, um, yeah, during the summer. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was amazing. I had so much fun. Wrangling just was was great. So it just kind of all snowballed after that. What else do we need to talk about? What are all these yeah. other creative outlets that you have when you're not working on games? Yeah, <laughs> like I still love sketching. I have like a pile of sketchbooks that I still use. And it's mostly like sketching for me now, which I really enjoy. Just like memories or little doodles that'll come out. I've also been really into film photography recently, especially like traveling around, having a like portable film camera that's really small. Yeah, it's I saw so your, much fun. Your por- your Polaroid there behind you at some point. Yeah, Polaroid camera. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of those. So th- those are like I have so much fun with them. It's so fun to have like physical photos for memories, which is great. And then I've also been on the painting side. I love to paint like little miniatures from board games. That's like a very zen activity for me to like oh the, like the characters like little figures yeah yeah little, oh, okay. little figurines so some board games you you get like the game and then you have to paint the figures you, figurines? you don't have to paint the figures but like okay. some of them come like they'll be pre-painted or you can like just get them where they're just like a base coat of like gray and you can use like any board game is usable with pretty much any token, but yeah, um, or a miniature piece. But uh, some of them, it's just kind of fun to paint. And there's a big like community around painting miniatures that uh, I've like went down the rabbit hole while I was inside <laughs> during COVID, which is great. Uh, um, there's a whole yeah. Reddit community. Is oh yeah, ranting about your style of <laughs> painting yep, figures. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Certain highlighting styles or color washes and all that <laughs> stuff. There's so many terms. Yeah, yeah. So what what's a uh, what's an example of a game? What's the name of a game? A like a board game that you? Um, one of the big ones that physically big is called Gloomhaven, and that is a really fun one where you it's almost like a role playing game almost, and you unbox your little figurine and you get to use it throughout like a multi session campaign. What's it called it's, again? It's called Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Uh, I recently played. I have a friend who's really into like the board games and. I think, yeah, they have figures. They have figures too that he painted. Yeah. Uh, Nemesis. It's kind of oh, like yeah. you know we can't really say it, but it's kind of like that that movie series where there's you know aliens. Um, yeah. It kind of looks like that, but not really because yeah. you know copyright. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that's creative. Are you doing anything else to relax and just uh, enjoy life that's not work? Yeah, I feel like I end up biking quite a bit. I think that's been my like kind of stay healthy thing yeah. for the most part. When the before COVID, when I'd go into the office every day, I biked pretty much every day, uh, which is great. Um, I was very lucky because somehow I lived in a between my house and my office. There was no hills, and if you ever come to San Francisco, <laughs> there are hills everywhere. Yeah, how did you manage um, that? I don't wow. know. <laughs> I got very lucky there though. Yeah, that's that's still been the thing that I really enjoy doing. And then also there's just so much nature close by to, to San yeah. Francisco. That's I think really why I ended up loving it here. Um, kind of reminds me of, of Vermont in that way that you can get outside really easily and just enjoy enjoy being outside, do a lot of hiking, um, a lot yeah. of stuff up in the mountains. Hey, have you been yeah. been back to uh, Ringling uh, since you graduated? I have been back since I've graduated, but it was, I think, like the first year after I graduated. So it was like nine years ago now. Yeah. Um, I did go back. 
uh, it was super cool to, to see see everyone again. And at that point, going back, it was interesting because it still kind of felt like I knew everyone uh, still. Yeah. Sure, it'd be be different, and also very fun to go back now. I hear um, the campus has a bunch of new buildings. And, oh yeah, it's yeah some new libraries, some amazing building, and new residence yeah. hall like across the the water there. Yeah, did you take advantage of of uh, living in Sarasota? Did you go to the beach? I'm not a beach person, but I tell people all this all the time. Like, I, I lived, you know, I taught at Ringling for five years, mm-hmm. and I don't really like the beach. There's just too much sand. <laughs> but the Siesta Key Beach is pretty nice for a guy who yeah. doesn't like the beach. Yeah, it's like super soft sand, and the sunsets are beautiful. And yeah, go once in a while, but. Yeah, I I like wish that I went more often. I'm like thinking back, I actually like while I was at Ringling during the school year, I think I went to the beach more at night than I did during the day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because that was the only time we were free. Siesta Key Beach is one of the best beaches and it was so fun being that close to it. And now, especially that I'm away from it, like I appreciate how good it is now because I've been to so many beaches since then. Yeah. Not many can compare. So how did you, how did you pick Ringling? You know, you're you're in you yeah. in New England. I mean, there's art schools in Boston, certainly plenty in New York City. Yeah. Like, you know, between Vermont and Florida, there's a number of options. How'd you did you pick it because of the yeah. weather? <laughs> uh not really, actually. I I was looking at quite a few uh schools in New York and Boston. But especially, so I got into the pre-college program um, like a year earlier when I was not really looking at colleges as much. I can't even remember how I originally found that, but um, I was super interested in a lot of the 3D stuff that they had to offer at the time, along with illustration and graphic design. And then realizing that they had offered that pre-college program, I was like, it would be so fun to spend a little bit of my summer down here at an art school doing like art things. Yeah. just love that idea. And I ended up meeting so many of my good friends during my time at Ringling and even after during that pre-college program, which is really awesome. Um, after that experience, I was pretty much knew that I wanted to go back there for college uh, just because it was so amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's time for the pop quiz. Okay. Did you study? It's like being back in Doug Higgins class. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this first one uh, is seems appropriate based on something you just said. Sketchbook, blank or gridded? Ooh, gridded for work and blank for fun. Favorite Netflix original movie or series? No games. Oh my god! I think The Witcher is like my favorite show that they have now, but that's not like a true original. But it's really good. Okay. Work beverage. I definitely a lot of coffee uh after work beverage when you're celebrating the team celebrating a launch of a game or something i don't know some new thing on a friday night probably like a craft beer there's craft. ghost town brewery and uh oakland is like one of my favorites uh favorite playstation mm-hmm. game Ooh, probably the shadow of the Colossus. it's a playstation 2 one it's old <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch the youtube videos type or image i think i would go with type uh music you listen to while you're working normally it's like anything that doesn't have lyrics so like lo-fi beats or any of the old like electronica music all right east coast west coast mm-hmm. or sun coast oh i 
think I'm going to betray a lot of people now and say that West Coast is the best coast. <laughs> Uh-oh, the family and friends back East are going yeah. to have to text you. You're going to hear that one. Yeah. Uh, laptop or desktop? What's your setup like at work? Uh, I, I think prefer laptop. I have both, but yeah. laptop portability. Siri, Alexa, or Google? Google. I read this uh, on your website, so... You must have a favorite philosopher. Oh, geez. Wait, what? Oh. Because your website cool. says taking philosophy courses. <laughs> oh, yeah. That must have been, uh, oh, my God. I don't think I have any, like, true philosopher. I should just <laughs> take that off my website. <laughs> Trying to sound, I probably wrote that when I was, like, 23, and I was <laughs> taking philosophy courses and just have not updated it since. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so none. Geez. Yeah, none. The philosophy course teacher at Coursera, favorite <laughs> philosopher. <laughs> Coursera. Oh, sounds good. How do you back up your files? You work for this huge tech company. Tell me you tell yeah, me back up your files. <laughs> so for work stuff, like everything's just in the cloud inherently now, which is super convenient. I will say that in college, I uh, backed everything up on a hard drive. And then during finals week, I dropped it and lost like half of my college work no so don't back it up on one higher drive okay last question in the quiz is if you weren't a designer what would you be oh man i would love to be an architect and that would be an awesome job okay your final thoughts for current college students or kids in high school thinking about design art I think there are, there are so many careers in art and design out there now. It's it, it's something that's like possible to make make a living at. Um, and I think it it was uh, at least pre going to art school that like wasn't not everyone in my life was like oh you can you can make a proper career out of like doing design. Um, and now that it's clearly not the case. Um, so yeah. There, there are opportunities out there. Jump on internships, I think is probably my biggest advice. All the big companies and design agencies, but like, I didn't realize this when I was in college. They put a lot of time and effort into their internship programs and um, they bring a lot of great candidates through there who then get offers for full-time jobs through the internship. Um, so definitely look for those. If you're coming out of college, still in college, it's there's a lot of great opportunities in the uh, internship space. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited that I know somebody else who's in uh, the Bay Area. Now that you're back there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the next time I get out there to maybe see family, I'll let you know I'm head your way. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. It would be great to That'd see be you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. This is awesome. It was great to talk to you, Alex. Yeah. Good talking to you, Chris. Bye. See ya. So what did we learn from Alex? Be humble when you're designing for users. And attend a pre-college program. It just might help you decide on where to study design. Thanks to Alex Gannett of Netflix. If you have any comments or questions for me or any of the guests, please leave them in the comments. And subscribe so you can catch the next episode of Design Futures. Until next time, go learn something. Your future depends on it. Thanks for listening. See ya. Science.